0: ask a couple questions, as I do often uh, in our search services, and this one isn't necessarily something that I want you to give feedback on, per se. We'll have one of those a little bit later, but here's the question or questions. What sacrifices are you willing to make in order to get what you want? Let's start with that. I don't want you to answer it. I want you to think about that. What sacrifices in your life are you willing to make in order to get what you want? Now, on the flip side, here's the other question To kind of Help set up the message this morning. What sacrifices are then you willing to make in order to reach someone else with the gospel? I think all of us could say that there are probably certain sacrifices that we would make or have made for a job, for a relationship, Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We can think about certain sacrifices that we have made in order to do something or get something in our life, but what about reaching someone with the gospel? That's kind of the question at hand this morning. Uh, Acts chapter 15, I'm in Corinthians, I don't even know where I'm at this morning. I think I'm still in my mind, you know, jumping out of a plane. But Acts chapter 15, go ahead and and follow along with me. I want to start and pick back up in verse number 40. Again, we had the great contention, division between two great ministry leaders within the early church, uh, Paul and Barnabas, and have done some great things. And we really looked at it from the side of John Mark, how... Even though he had made some mistakes in the past, he was still useful for ministry, and we can't allow our past failures to define us. We have to allow them to refine us, doing what God wants us to do, and allowing him to reshape us in the person he wants us to be. And John Mark went on to do amazing things for the Lord. But in verse number 40, it says, And Paul chose Silas, and departed, being recommended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches... Then came he to Derby. So Paul is taking Silas on the second journey. He's going back to some of the churches that were already established in the first journey, some three, four years prior to this. Then, verse number one, we see that he goes back into Derby and Lystra. Now, does anybody remember what happened at Derby and Lystra? Anybody at all? I didn't think so. You guys pay great attention. All right, awesome. Um, what happened at Lystra was remember Paul went in there, Barnabas went in there. He was treated like a god because, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, now I remember, now I remember. Uh, I know, there's too many, I, I get it. There's too many towns, too many messages. Uh, you're just here this morning, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but at Lystra, he, he was treated like a god because, you know, they, they had healed someone, so the, the townspeople were like, oh, you're, you're, you're Zeus, you know, you're, you're one of the gods uh, of the Greek uh, empire that, that we serve, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not a god. So eventually what happened, you know, kind of long story short, they ended up stoning him, not giving him drugs, but they took stones and stoned him, tried to kill him, okay? Setting the record straight, letting everyone know that. So they stoned him, left him for dead, drug him outside the city, and there he was, whether he was actually dead or just uh, supposed to be dead, he was revived. So again, here's that picture in our minds of what happened last time he was there. Now he is going back into this town because many people were saved, were reached with the gospel. A church was established. Now, but before we go on, now think about that. If, if you had a situation like that where you went into a city, you were not welcomed right when you left. You know, they, they tried to kill you. How many honestly would probably be like, you know what? I'm going back into that place. Anybody? Uh, probably not, right? There's probably not many crazy people outside of Billy that were like, you know, I'm going to ride my bike into that town. I've got this. Right, Billy? He's not paying attention, but anyway, um, <laughs> most people wouldn't be like, "You know what? I'm going back into this place. I'm staying far away, but, but Paul, he's different. He's of a different breed and character. He's going back into Derby and in Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, or uh, we often refer to him as Timothy, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, so his mom was a Jew. Believed. She was a believer. She had trusted in Jesus as her Savior, believed in the Messiah. But his father was a Greek and really in studying, you know, culturally and historically, uh, there's a great reason to believe that his father was not a believer. Uh, there's not really much more mention of him in scripture. It's more of his mom and his grandma raising him in the faith and helping him to grow in the faith in his early years or his teen years. Uh, his father more than likely uh, was a pagan, uh, uh, very uh, pagan beliefs in this Greek culture. So that's kind of the setting here in verse number one. Uh, verse number two, which was well. Reported of by the brethren that were in Lystra and Iconium, so they knew of Timothy. They knew of his dad. They knew of the 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 mixed marriage that was there, and not saying that's a bad thing, but they knew the, the the difficulties there, and he was part Jew, part Greek, all of that. Verse number three, him would Paul have to go forth with him? So Paul wanted to take Timothy, young Timothy, in the faith. He wanted to bring him on as his protege, his young mentee or mentor, uh, to try to mentor him in the faith and and possibly have him take over someday. He took him and circumcised him. Now, this is important because remember back in chapter 15, they had this Jerusalem council. We're not going to talk a lot on circumcision today, uh, so to speak, but Back at that Jerusalem council where there were certain Judaizers, remember, that were trying to add to salvation, saying that, you know what? Uh, Salvation, it's not really just by faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. Let's add a little bit more to it. You know, if you're not a Jew, you have to do what Jews do in order to be saved. Now that is truly wrong. And as we mentioned in the message, it was really a a battle of legalism versus grace. And there are a lot of even churches today that are staunch legalistic churches that are giving their list of rules and demands. You know, all right, you're saved, but now you have to do this. That really goes contrary to God's word in order to be righteous, in order to be holy, in order to do what God wants you to do. So that was the struggle here. So when you read this verse, at least myself on first reading, sometimes it's like, wait, isn't that the very thing that they, that they had stomped out that that uh, James and uh, Peter and, and Paul and Barnabas had even talked about? Hey, it's not about that. Now they're, they're supposed to be going around to these other churches and cities and these Gentile nations and saying, you know what? Uh, if you're saved, that's the most important thing. You don't have to add anything to your salvation. And now... Timothy is asked to be circumcised, circumcised. He, he is half Jew, half Greek. It's a big deal. Now we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, because of the Jews, which were in those quarters, so there were Jews in those areas, for uh, they knew all that his father was a Greek. We're going to stop right there. Let me go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning as we look into this passage. It's kind of a transitional passage before we really get into the uh, the meat of the second journey starting next week and some of the things that we see, the Macedonian call, and uh, Paul and his team, Silas and Timothy, and even Luke going to uh, all these places and reaching people the gospel and the, the amazing application we can see for our own church in the 21st century. But I pray that you'd help us just for a few minutes this morning to learn the important lessons that we need to learn from these six or seven verses. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for the opportunity to preach. Thankful for the ones that are here and pray for the ones that are out of town. I pray that you give them safety as they travel back. Lord, we love you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Now, again, verse number three, it almost seems contradictory, but I want to set the stage. Here's what's going on. Timothy was asked to do something that he did not have to do. Understand that. Timothy was asked to do something he did not have to do. Yes, he was part Jew, but he was also part Greek. He did not have to be circumcised. He did not have to go through this painful procedure. But what we're going to learn and discover, Timothy was willing to, what's the right way to put it? Sacrifice a right, I guess you can say. Sacrifice one of his rights in order to reach other people with the gospel. He didn't want to hinder other people along the way. And again, the, the message today is not saying that <laughs> if you're not circumcised, go get circumcised. That's not what it's, not what it's about. Uh, it's not asking you to go through a painful procedure today. That's, that's not the point of this. But he is asked to go through a very painful sacrifice. He is asked to sacrifice a right for the sake of the gospel. Now, most of us, probably even myself included, if if this was me, there, there's a good chance I'd be like, you know what, Paul, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to stay where I am. I'll pray for you. Uh, hopefully everything goes well. I'm not going to go through that. And, and honestly, if many of us were, were honest, we'd probably say the same thing because who would want to go through a very, very painful procedure, right? Before you go on this journey and all of the the difficulties that are going to come with it. Now let me ask another question, and I want some feedback on this because this really goes with the thought at hand today. What comes to your mind when you think of the word compromise? Let's just start right there. What comes to your mind when you think of the word compromise? There's a lot of things that come to my mind. Yes? They get something, you get something? Okay, that's good. Tyler? Sell out, okay. I mean, really, there's two sides of that coin. Sometimes compromise is a good thing. You know, they get something, I get something, or sell out. Uh, what else? Anybody else? Violet? Sometimes you have a, a cat. And then you end up compromising to get five cats. Oh, <laughs> Man, this is going deep here. Uh, sometimes when you want to get a cat, someone else doesn't want to get a cat, you compromise, you get five cats. I don't know if that's much of a compromise, <laughs> but like it sounds like marriage. <laughs> <laughs> This is my wife for any visitors that we have. Um, I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, It's like jumping out of a plane. I got this, I got this. Um, (laughs) Never mind. Uh, That's good. What else? Anybody else? What comes to your mind when you think of compromise? Anybody? Anybody at all? Carmen? Is it a cat thing? Is it a goat thing? Any kind of animal thing? Turkey. Turkey. Okay, okay. Go ahead. The word marriage, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Now, okay, let's ask this. How many, when you hear the word compromise, think of a bad thing? I mean, bad connotation comes to your mind. Uh, a lot of people, some people are honest, some people are not. i Okay, you're still agreeing. I mean, we're not going to ask you to give a reference right now, okay? Yeah, we don't want it. Um, how many honestly they don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when you hear the word compromise? Alright, we got some more honest people. Okay, now okay, let's let's let, let's ask this, let's settle the debate. Those that raise your hand think it's a bad thing. Why do you think it, it, it's a bad thing that comes to your mind? Who raised your hand? Daniel, I mean think you raised your hand, right? Uh, I guess one of the main examples I think of when I think of compromise is gun rights. Is what? Gun rights. Gun rights, okay, that's good. That's so, good. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, on the good side of it, those that raise your hand for the good thing that you think of it, why do you think that? Who who raised their hand on that one? Darling? I think it's good because if you, like me and my husband, we have to compromise on our home. Like <laughs> Are you sure it's good? <laughs> Okay. 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 As long as you have your daughter there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I. I. I completely get it. I. I see. I see both sides of it. You know, when you think of compromise, it could be several things. It definitions it could be a mutual concession between two or more parties basically two sides getting what they want you know i mean they might be giving up something but in the end you know what i'm happy you're happy everything is good it also can mean to accept standards that are lower then is desirable, and this is what I time, sometimes think of when I think of compromise, kind of like giving up rights, things that I didn't necessarily want to do, but I'm compromising, and sometimes, you know, when you think of, I think Tyler mentioned it, you know, sellout, you think of it in, in Christianity, in the Christian culture, you think of someone that's compromised, oh, they're a sellout, you know, they've given themselves to the devil, that's not always the case, but we think of those bad things. Now, again, this is all setting up the message, and this is going somewhere, I promise. Uh, I came across a, a blog, from a uh, Christian writer. That's a lady here in I think the Texas area. Her name is Kathy Howard. I don't know anything about this lady other than she's a Christian teacher and writer. And she asked the question, it's a very, very potent question, why do followers of Christ sometimes follow the world? Now that is a deep topic right there, right? Uh, We don't have time to get into all of that, but she gives four reasons based on her view of the Bible, and I think they were pretty good. So why do followers of Christ sometimes follow the world? Because it's kind of going in the compromising in the bad sense aspect. So she gives four reasons from her biblical view. First thing she says is, sometimes they indulge on their own desires. This is probably the most frequent re- reason. Uh, she said, we have a sinful desire and sometimes we give into them. Let's remember, we never have to give into temptation. God will provide a way out of it if we take it. And she references 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, second thing she says is, ignorance of God's word. I think this is important. I think sometimes why... Followers of Christ or Christians follow the world because they don't truly know God's word. They've never studied it themselves. You know, they've heard preaching and teaching in church, but they've never purposely spent the time to actually understand God's word because all of us know this. uh, You can listen to one, one guy and he's saying one thing about God's word. You can listen to another guy saying completely opposite on the same passage, right? That's why it's important that we study God's word ourselves. So she goes on to say, sometimes believers live like the world in one or more areas simply because they don't know God's standard. You know, God calls us to not conform to evil desires that uh, we had and not live in ignorance, but to be holy, as 1 Peter 1, 13 through 15 says. The uh, third thing she says is, and this is this is good, I think many times this happens as well, there's a fear of being labeled. A fear of being labeled. She explains sometimes believers worry more about what the world will think of us than what God will think of us. And I was thinking about that this morning as I was just reviewing my notes. I think sometimes it's the fact that, it's not in a bad way, but we, we don't see God, right? I mean, he is not visibly, yes, we have the Holy Spirit's presence here, but it's like I can see my wife. I can see you face to face. But we can see our friends, right? We can see our family. We can see our coworkers. And I think sometimes that fear of, what are they going to think of us it's pretty strong isn't it i know it's strong in my life sometimes so that fear of being labeled it's a great thing because here's the thing she she continues she says we don't want to be considered a bigot or self-righteous we don't want to be different or stand out from the crowd so what we do is we compromise to fit in to be like the crowd you know as christians we are called to to stand out to be different But sometimes, people are like, you know what? I'm trying to reach people, so I'm going to be like them. Well, we're going to explain that in just a minute. Fourth thing, quickly, I've got to keep going on. She says, misguided attempt to be relevant. She said, I've heard and seen Christians, and this is a deep one, even Christian leaders dress and speak in questionable ways in an attempt to connect with the culture around them. She says, if our speech or dress or behavior shocks or offends even a handful of Christians in the room, we should reconsider Jesus and his message of salvation are always relevant. We don't have to compromise to share them. Um, You know, again, there are a lot of ways that Christians can compromise, and that's another lesson. But it's not about being so much like the world to reach the world. Okay? Understand that. So going back to the text, Timothy is asked to do something that he did not have to do. I want you to understand, please. He did not have to do this. Now, Paul had asked him, I want you to go get circumcised. He was taking him. Uh, He wanted to to continue on. I'm going to give a background of culture of why this mattered, especially to Paul, to Silas, and even to Timothy, why this was such a big deal. Again, he's a Jew and a Greek. Now, 200 years before this, let me give you a quick history lesson read some things. 200 years before this, the Jews were ruled by the Greeks and they heavily pushed their culture on the Jewish people. Some Jewish people embraced it and basically became Greekified Jews or Hellenistic Jews. Others didn't give in and said, you know what, we're sticking with our beliefs, we're sticking with history, Uh, we're not going to give in to the standards that the Greeks are setting forth. Ended up several years later, decades later, there was a great rebellion, a giant rebellion known as the Maccabees Rebellion. In this Maccabees rebellion, and I don't have time to get into this, but they overthrew the, the Greek overlords, but then eventually the Romans came along and leveled everything out and just dominated the culture, and that's where we're at in Acts chapter 16, that the Romans are in charge of the known world. But there is still a leftover tension between Greeks and Jews, the staunch Jews, the staunch Judaisms. Now think of it this way. Now what Hitler did to the Jews was horrific, to say the least, Right? I think all of us understand that. Now, most of that has been stamped out, most of it. But imagine today, now this is setting the stage, imagine today a Jew running into an individual wearing a t-shirt with a giant swastika on it. What do you think they would think? I mean, they'd have some bad thoughts, more than likely, right? Like, if if you're a Jew and you're just in the crowd and all of a sudden you see someone with this giant red swastika on your shirt you're probably going to turn away. Or at the very least, like, I cannot trust that individual, right? I think we're all in agreement. Okay, so think of it that way. Now, for the Jew in this day, in Paul's day, circumcision was a very big deal to the Jew. To not be circumcised as a Jew was really a slap on their heritage. It represented the pagan Greek mindset that had oppressed them. And Timothy was considered to be a Jew because his mom was a Jew, because of her heritage. Now, yeah, but Paul knew that they're going to be traveling to areas where there's going to be a heavy Jewish population, a heavy Jewish community. They're going to run into Gentiles as well, and the Gentiles wouldn't really care. But... To the devout Jew, knowing of Timothy, knowing of his father, and knowing that, you know what, he might not be circumcised, for a Jew, they're probably not going to listen to Timothy. So understand that. He's going into these areas, and for a Jew, you're not circumcised, it's a big deal for us, I'm not listening to anything you said. Because you're not one of us. You can claim to be one of us, but you're not one of us at all. You know, there's a lot of reasons why Paul might have asked Timothy to do this, but I think the biggest thing is this. I think it was a strategic decision from really Paul, Silas, and Timothy. I think it makes the most sense. And listen, Timothy was not adding to his salvation. This matter was already settled back at the Jerusalem council. He was merely, listen to this, he was merely willing to go through something uncomfortable and awkward and painful for the spiritual well-being of others he was trying to reach. Let me say that again, because it sets up this first point today. Timothy was merely willing to go through something uncomfortable, awkward, painful, for the spiritual well-being of others he was trying to reach. And the first thing we we see that I want to get across this morning is this. Paul was not trying to compromise the gospel. You know, we think of compromise. Well, he's, he's compromising, you know. We just had the Jerusalem Council when they said... You know that wasn't important to salvation, and now Paul is making someone get get circumcised. He wasn't trying to compromise; he was trying to reach more people with the gospel, and that's important. Listen to me. In essence, here's what Paul is asking Timothy to do, and this this is setting up everything today. He is asking Timothy to adapt, but not adopt. Here's what I mean. He is asking Timothy to adapt to the cultures where they are going, but don't adopt. The sinful practices of the culture. You see, there are many today that, even in Christianity, they want to adapt a certain culture where they are in, whether it's in America or another country, but they also, to try to reach these people with, for the gospel, they want to adopt their sinful practices. I'm pretty sure that when Jesus saved us and he set us free from sin, he didn't intend for us to go back into sin to reach people. Understand? But there are many today that, you know what? We've got to reach more, so we've got to be just like them. So we've got to jump back into the sin world to reach them. That's wrong. I see many of you shaking your heads. And this is what's going on today in the church, in Christianity, uh, with spiritual leaders, with Christians. So Paul wasn't trying to compromise. He was trying to reach more people with the gospel. Now listen, it's important. I, I've gone on mission trips. I've gone around the world. Uh, and going into different cultures, sometimes you have to adapt their culture to reach them. But in adapting, you don't adopt their sinful practices. And this is where sometimes, we'll, we'll explain this more in EQ. Sometimes it's taking grace and liberty in Christ too far. Again, too many are trying to be culturally relevant within their own Christianity. And again, I don't believe Jesus ever wanted us to reach the world by becoming like the world. Because he came to set us free from the bondage, from the penalty of sin. He doesn't want us to go back into that. Now, Paul, as we'll learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe it is, he was trying to become all things to all men. Why? So that he can, by means, save some. But he did not compromise. He would not change the least truth of the gospel in order to satisfy anyone. But he also wouldn't try to intentionally offend someone else. Got that? If someone is offended by what we do, some people are like, I don't really care, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, that's a wrong attitude. You know, so Paul's like, you know what, I don't want to offend a Jew, I don't want to offend a Gentile, I don't want to offend those that are weaker. So it's not compromising what God's Word says, but he's willing to sacrifice certain rights. Understand the difference? Again, we never want to do something to distract from the gospel. Timothy was circumcised. He was asked to sacrifice a painful, awkward experience. At this time, he's not a young guy. He's probably 20, 21 years old. I mean, this is going to be a painful procedure. But becoming all things to all people never means we adjust the gospel. The gospel doesn't change. And if you're trying to do everything you can to reach people and throw the gospel out, then that's a false gospel. And that's dangerous. And here's the, here's the key truth. I think it's in your notes, but our goal is never to press our culture on another culture. It's not, again, you think about Americans as missionaries. They go to another culture. The ones that do well aren't trying to Americanize wherever they are. They're not trying to Americanize Chile or Africa or Europe or Asia. They're trying to fit in but also press the gospel into that culture. Because it's not, you've got to be an American, and that's what we do. We're, we're no different than the Judaizers. You've got to be a Jew to really be saved. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen to what the gospel says. Listen to what Jesus says. So our goal isn't to press our culture on another culture. Our goal is to press the gospel into various cultures. You know, Paul's life centered on living out the gospel, preaching the gospel. Nothing else mattered to him his life was the gospel. And and I've heard this before. And I think I've said it before in our church. I I don't know who it was, what pastor, but you know, they've said it at their church. You know, we need to be, we need to be willing to do anything outside of sin, apart from sin to reach people with the gospel. When I first heard that statement, it, it was very contradictory to me. But as I, as I really dug in, I'm like, you know what? That's right. We should, we should be willing to do anything outside of sin, which means don't get into sin to reach people. But there might be things that we need to change. Again, some cultures, it's about just a simple thing of changing clothes. Sometimes change, it, it's a poor illustration, but imagine you were to go into a uh, high, I don't even know the right word, you know, high fluting area, you know, people that dress just a, a certain way. I mean, very, I mean, maybe think of snobbish or whatever, you know. They, they dress a, a certain way. They're going to react to you or or listen to you if you look like them right now if you go in looking like you just went to walmart (laughs) they're probably not going to listen to you now if you go to walmart dressed up that's great but you know what i'm saying is some of those memes about people in walmart you know it's just not good maybe you're one of those i don't know but you go into this high you know rich area and you're trying to reach them and you got like stains all over you and you know like you know bear claws in your jeans and stuff like that um Sorry, I don't know what that was about. But the the point I'm making is they're not going to listen to you if you don't look like them, right? Same is true in other areas around the world. If you don't look like them, there's a good chance they're not going to listen to you. So it's one thing changing our clothes. It's another thing, you know what? You know, they're doing things that I know the Bible says are sinful, but I'm going to do them with them so I can reach them. (laughs) That's wrong. That's foolishness. And that's leading you down a path that you should never be led down. So again, Paul wasn't trying to compromise the gospel. He was trying to reach more people with the gospel. Second thing, and, and here, here it is, and here's where the message really kicks in and gets to the application. Paul was trying to remove obstacles that might hinder the gospel going forward. Now, the Gentiles could care less about the Jewish traditions, the Jewish rules, The Jews were all about the rules because that's how they were raised. And I think for us, it's more about being sensitive to the needs of others. It's about being aware. Look, there are certain things that I've done in ministry because I was fearful that I might be offensive or a stumbling block to someone else. There are certain things that I haven't done for that very reason. It wasn't that I was compromising God's word. It's just, you know what? I don't want to cause myself to be a stumbling block to someone else by doing something or by not doing something. You know, I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do based upon God's Word. Now, there are certain convictions that you have to have based on your understanding of God's Word. But here's the thing. Listen, listen. You know, what Paul was doing here when he would later show to the Corinthians wasn't about being more like the world. It wasn't about jumping in and being like them. It was understanding that, you know what? There are certain rights that I can sacrifice that aren't contradictory to God's word that might help me reach people. So you think about this in in the relation to obstacles. If you've ever driven down a road and there's an obstacle in the road, you have a couple choices. You can either try to get out, remove the obstacle, you can go around the obstacle, or you can just turn back, Right? I mean, that's kind of what the, what the options are. Maybe there's a fourth or fifth one, but those are really the three options. You you think about this. Now, if, if it's something small, you're driving down the highway, it's something small, what do we typically do? We drive around it, right? It's not a big deal. Some of you just try to drive over it and see if you can. You know, right, David? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got it. No big deal. Uh, like yesterday. <laughs> um, but if it's a little bigger it's either gonna stop you because you're like, I can't get around this. Again, if a a big, let's say a, a semi fell over, there's a good chance you might not be able to get around it. And you probably can't move it, so there's a good chance you're gonna either sit there or try to get back. But if it's something big where you can move, you're gonna try to move it out of your way to keep going on. You think about hiking. You know, uh, there's a big rock in the way. I got to move this obstacle. You think about those that have built something and they're trying to build something in their backyard. There might be obstacles like trees in the way of what you're trying to do. I think of, you know, Justin with your backyard in the pool. You had to remove some obstacles, right? You don't want a tree growing up in your uh, pool. I mean, that'd be kind of cool, but uh, probably not a good thing. Uh, So he had to remove those obstacles, not go around them, remove them. And And that's what Paul was trying to do. He was trying to remove the obstacles that might hinder people from being saved. So think of it in our own life. What are obstacles, and, I, and I, I, we'll talk more about this in a minute, in, in EQ. What are obstacles that you might think of that, that might hinder people from being saved? What are things that you possibly could sacrifice that might keep someone from coming to Christ? You know, here's a good question to ask. In trying to adapt to other cultures, in trying to uh, adapt to those around you and reach more people with the gospel, listen to this. This is, this is important. Are you becoming more worldly-minded than they are becoming more spiritually-minded? Because I think that's the message this morning. If what you're doing to reach people with the gospel, in essence, you are becoming more like them than they are becoming more like Christ, then what you're doing is wrong. So that's the question that we must ask. If in trying to reach this group for Jesus and trying to help them get to church and be saved, if what I'm doing is actually not promoting Christ and not making them more like Christ, but it's actually making me more like them and more like the world and more like the pagan tendencies and more like the sinful desires, then what I'm doing is wrong, okay? And again, we can give a whole list but then that could go heavily on the side of legalism. That's the question we have to ask. Is what I'm doing, here's what it boils down to, hindering or is it helping? Is what I'm doing hindering people being saved? Now, you think about in, in our speech. I mean, that's a big thing. You know, some people, and I, I've even heard pastors that, I mean, they talk just as foul as someone else because I got to be like them, you know? I've got to get where they are. I, I, I get that to an extent, but all, all it's promoting is, you know what, I don't have to change anything. I can be exactly who I am. But the gospel does change us, and many of us have seen that in our own life with the lifestyle that you came out of. You've realized that, man, God's word has changed you and has grown you and has made you something new. So is what I'm doing, is it helping or is it hindering? Is it leading you to sin? If it is, then you shouldn't be doing it. That's wrong, that's foolish, that's a poor testimony and a misrepresentation of what Christian life is all about and what Christ saved us from. So with Timothy, Timothy was willing to do something painful, to go through a painful surgery, to make a sacrifice so that he would not be a stumbling block. Hmm, what a powerful testimony that is, isn't it? You know, that, that's what I want of my life. And again, I don't want to go deep into this. There's so much more we'll get to next week in the, in the coming verses. But that, that, this thought just kept standing out to me. The fact that Timothy didn't have to do this, but he was willing to because he knew that without it, people wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't listen to Paul. And there's a good chance some of those churches that were established and started might not have been established and started. So the application for us might be this. Maybe as a Christian, we need to be willing to lay down some of our rights. We need to be willing to remove obstacles that might keep others from becoming a Christian and maturing in their faith. And it goes back to my earlier question. And I know I'm not, I'm being vague in a sense because I don't want to give you a list of things that you have to do. God's word is clear of what we should do. But convictions that I have might differ from you. Honestly, here's a simple thing. For some people, they have a conviction against television in their home. It's not a bad thing. Some people have no conviction about that at all. They have a TV in every room and every other room, you know. There's nothing, if that's your conviction, okay, that's fine. Because they know what it could do to them and, and the influence that it can make. But if someone else doesn't have that conviction, that's, that's up to them. Someone might dress a certain way or not dress a certain way or you know, listen to certain music or not listen to certain music. You have to realize what God wants you to do, okay? Based on his word. Now, I will tell you clearly what the Bible says that we should do, but I will never try to push my convictions on you. And if I do, please call me out on that because my convictions might be a lot steeper than your convictions because that's what I believe God wants me to do as a pastor. That doesn't mean you have to try to live like that. You be who you want, or not who you want to be. No, no. Heresy. Yes, that was. That was. (laughs) 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 You be who God wants you to be, okay? You be who God wants you to be, not who I am trying to force you to be, okay? That's the point of this always trying to remove obstacles so again our goal isn't to press our culture on another culture our goal is to press the gospel into various cultures and here's the closing truth don't allow personal roadblocks to get in the way of someone coming to know jesus don't allow a personal roadblock get in the way of someone coming to know jesus there might be things that we might have to sacrifice. And again, we'll, we might talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes when we have the EQ, the application time with the adults in here. But sometimes we might need to say, you know what, those are personal things that I just need to remove that have nothing to do with doctrines and the faith and what God's word teaches. So you know what, maybe I don't need to be so strong on that with certain individuals. If it's a stumbling block to them, maybe I shouldn't do it. And I mean, here's the thing, you know, growing up, uh, dress was a big thing in the culture in which I grew up in, in the church culture I grew up in in Indiana, and, you know, growing up, um, it was funny, you know, my, my parents didn't really have any problem with me wearing shorts or anything like that, but there were certain friends that we had in ministry that had a very big deal about people wearing shorts, Now that was their conviction. You can say, oh, that's wrong, that's foolish, whatever, that was their conviction, that's what they felt they needed to do so when we were around those individuals you know what we did we didn't wear shorts because we didn't want to be offensive to them that's just a small thing some people are like i don't really care i'm going to wear them regardless and that that, it's up to you but for them that would have been greatly offensive how dare they because that's that was their conviction and maybe they were trying to push it on other people but we didn't want to be offensive to them so you know what in the hour and a half I'm with them, you know what? I don't have to wear shorts. I can wear a pair of pants. It's not a big deal. I can wear a kilt. I never did that. But <laughs> again I know, we're getting crazy. <laughs> don't allow per All I right, better clothes. Don't allow personal roadblocks to get in the way of someone coming to know Jesus.